Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on Patreon, you get it ad-free. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today this fine Tuesday? Kenny, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not bad. Hey, How's no. yourself? I, well, actually, we've just had a very lengthy conversation before we started, <laughs> so now you're doing. Talk to you, Nero. I'm not convinced the listeners will be interested in any of it, so let's just not get into it. No, I'll just say don't buy a tenement flat um, because it's just going to give you problems, is the message. But um, anyway, lots of wrestling to talk about. Obviously, we've got uh, SmackDown and Raw. I did want to ask you, though, um, about, you know, AEW, they've got Rev- the Revolution pay-per-view this weekend coming yes. up. And, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people who are big AEW supporters have kind of said they're not really feeling that enthusiastic about this show. And, you know, the card, we've got the Elite in the House of Black for the trios titles, Jamie Hayter against Saray and Ruby Soho for the women's title, Jericho and Starks, Samoa Joe Wardlow, Moxley Page, the guns they acclaimed, Jarrett and Lethal against whoever wins the Battle Royale this week, and MJF Danielson. What do you think it is, just from kind of watching the TV the last few weeks, what what's not clicking this time round that maybe for even the most ardent AEW supporter 
has been clicking before? Is there anything that you've noticed specifically that could be a reason for the lack of interest? Um, I mean, I think we've got quite a few rematches there. Obviously, Wardlow and Samoa Joe, that's been going on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Wardlow has cooled off considerably. I think that's a view most would share. Uh, and the hope is that if he does defeat Samoa Joe March 5th, then he will be reheated to some degree. Um, I mean, we've obviously seen Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley many times. Um, Starks Brian and Jericho. Dan- yeah, we've seen Starks and Jericho as well. That's a rematch. Uh, we've seen you know that over and over. Um, I mean, that really felt to me like it peaked back in January, that feud. Um, I think Brian Danielson and MJF, we've talked about this previously, that we're not feeling like there's this burning ambition from Brian Danielson to become champion. It's like he's been to the top of the mountain back in you know, 2014 at WrestleMania 30, and he's this kind of veteran now who's just doing it because he enjoys it, not because it's, you know, the most important thing in his life and he desperately wants to be champion. So I think that there has has devalued the appeal of that match to some extent. Um, I think the match actually really will deliver. And there actually are some really good matches on this show. Mm -hmm. So I think as a show, I think actually could be pretty good. Uh, But I do share the sort of, you know, this... I don't know the word apathy or it just there isn't that sort of real sort of excitement attached to the event. Um, For me, part of it is to do with the fact that one of the things I used to really enjoy about AEW pay-per-views in the past has been there would there would be fairly fresh matchups for a lot yeah. of the time. You know, you'd see. Uh, you know, Jericho and MJF for the first time, or you'd see Punk and Eddie Kingston, or you'd see who you know there'd be all these different machinations, and very rarely would you get rematches unless it's a program that's been going for months and I think that yeah the, the problem is a lot of these matches we have seen and you know if you're a fan of the elite you know Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and um, I think one of the issues with that is that and I know that I know a lot of times they're not really storyline type people but they're they're more just kind of you know they tell their stories and their matches and it works for their fan base and all that stuff but you know the elite have been back since November they did the seven match series uh, with the death with death triangle, yeah, and now they're facing the house of black. But there's not really a reason to be invested in in the match. No, no. And, and house of black had dis. I mean, we did. We saw very little of them, really, in January and for a lot of February. I mean, yeah, they interrupted the the young the young bucks and Omega promo. I think on Rampage a couple of weeks ago. But that I mean, and, but even then, it wasn't them physically interrupting. It was just kind of you know. A spooky bit, you know, almost like a Bray Wyatt type thing. So, yeah, you almost wonder for that because you know, they that match doesn't feel super hot either. No, so, it is interesting that um, you know, that seems to be the one thing, and not even for people who, I mean, for me, the big thing with the Moxley and Page match, I actually would have been really up for the Texas Death match with Page and Moxley, and I think that could have been a really good, you know, sort of old school thing. I mean, the fact that Moxley has bled on TV twice in the lead-up to the <laughs> Texas Death Match is a bit like is a it's a bit like if you're having a Big Mac as your main course, you have a quarter pounder for your starter. 
Like it's it's just a bit bizarre. And yeah. um, it, it it just is, isn't it? It's just like, well, we've already seen, you know, that you should be saving the blood for the pay-per-view and for the big match, not just giving it away willy-nilly almost every week. And last week we had, you know, Evil Uno bled and then Moxley bled. It's become like this running joke, hasn't it? <laughs> Moxley bleeding, yeah. And he just bleeds almost every week. And so, the thing is, I, I don't think that it's necessarily a blame on Moxley. If You know, wrestlers want to do stuff all the time, but the person in charge has to go yes or no to stuff. Well, yeah, but Moxley's been doing this for a long time as well, and he should be smart enough to know that if you bleed all the time, then it devalues the impact and the shock factor and the whole purpose of adding blood to a match, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, I was, maybe I was trying to be too last nice. week, did he? Yeah, maybe I was trying to be too nice. I mean, I did say with Sandra. I mean, to me, when I was watching the one this past week, Steve Luno, it, it it felt beneath Moxley. What yeah. he was doing, it, it felt kind of like I get that if you're do, if you're at a CZW event, like that crowd want to see that they want to see the blood, and that's fine. But you're on TBS building up a a, a Texas death match. Yeah, so don't give us the. You know, yeah, save, save the carnage for the big blow-off gimmick match. That's that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? Don't yeah. give it all away for free on television beforehand. But they, they are in a good spot with uh, Revolution, where I think MJF and Danielson might, could, has the potential to be the match of the night. So, And that's the main event. In, in the past, you know, there's been certain times where the main event has not felt like the main event. So at least yeah. this time... Like you said, there are, I think it'll be a good show in the ring, but hopefully coming out of it, there's some renewed vigour for uh, characters going forward. So, um, Yeah, I mean, we were talking the other week about, you know, the gun club of the tag champs. Mm-hmm. FTR should be the tag champs. And, and we, may, we, may see them, we may see them return tomorrow night in the, in the last Battle Royal thing to be the last team in the tag title match. I would imagine that it's going to be them. Quite possibly, but I mean, to me, they should have been the team who defeated the acclaimed, turned heel, and then the acclaimed could have beaten FTR for the belts. And you've got a one on you've got a straight tag match between two teams with an issue between them. And when you start having four teams, it just dilutes the issue, doesn't it, between the, the warring parties. And if you just got the acclaimed versus FTR. That there, that could have been a real stature enhancing match for the acclaimed. Who felt he really felt like they've cooled off as well in recent, you know, really in well, this year actually. So I mean, I think the loss of the Gun Club um, was totally unnecessary. It was just booked specifically to create this match at the pay per view so they could go along and presumably regain the belts. Uh, but to me, it should be an FTR, not the Gun Club, who no one can take seriously as tag team champions. Yeah, it's um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see if it is FTR and uh, yeah, just get get the belts off the guns. I think is probably the, the message. <laughs> uh, well, listen, let's go through some of the stuff that happened on SmackDown this past week. We did get um, uh, a, a really fun segment I thought with Dominic Mysterio talking to Charlotte Flair, um, and he was kind of talking about how you know she's an attractive woman and kind of uh, you know. How how Rhea Ripley's uh, not hiding behind him, and 
Uh, she thought she thought he thought that Charlotte was jealous, and she kind of said, "I've got a real Latino man at home who calls me mummy, um, and has a much thicker accent." Um, obviously, it was said in more of a you know suggestive more, way, suggestive way. Um, but in the end, Rhea Ripley comes out to sort of uh, make the save, and um, I mean, I f- I feel like we're not you know it's not like this is in high gear yet, but it's. It's okay. I mean, how do you feel about Rhea being the heel and Charlotte being the babyface? Aren't they going to be able to make it red hot with those being the dynamics of the characters? Yeah, I think it's going to work. I mean, obviously Rhea's part of the Judgment Day and they're heels, so Charlotte did that babyface turn and she was always, we always viewed her as a career villain, uh, but she turned, um, you know, for the match with Ronda Rousey in which she, you know, regained the belt in December. So it's different, and I think different can be good. Um, I enjoyed this segment between Charlotte Flair and Dominic. I thought Dominic did really well here. He's growing in confidence. I mean, he was, he's was he been given a lot to do on TV lately. I mean, they clearly believe in him. They know that the fans loathe him. Hmm. Um, and he's playing, yes, he's had, he's had to do a lot of different things. And he's, I think he's managing to avoid the temptation to do too much comedy because we've seen a lot of that from him, but I think he, he's sort of getting that balance right where he's still doing, you know, we had a little bit of prison Dom, but I think he's recognized as well that he needs to slightly move away from that because he's heading towards his match with his father, which is going to be a big deal for him. And obviously a big deal for his father as well at WrestleMania. Uh, but I thought he did really well here. I was quite surprised that he was out there on his own for as long as he was with Charlotte Flair. I thought he handled himself really well. Rhea Ripley came out at the right time. They had a confrontation. You know, Rhea retreated, then went back. But there was no actual physical contact, nor should there, should there have been. I mean, this was SmackDown February 24th. You know, it's still, what is it, five weeks until WrestleMania? Um, so there's quite a few weeks to go yet, quite a lot of TV for them to do yet before they start beating each other up or do the contract signing segment or however they're going to play it. They want to find a way to fill time and not peak too soon, which as we've seen many times before in the run-up to WrestleMania, WWE has done that, has been guilty of doing that with matches and storylines, you know, uh, storylines for matches rather, that are going to take place at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm Definitely in terms of Dom getting away from the present stuff a little bit, I think that is a good move because you know, you're in danger of people cheering him if that keeps up. So I think that it is, it is a good thing to to move away from. I mean, elsewhere in this show, though, Finn, Karrion Cross defeated Rey Mysterio. Now, I know I know Dom Dom helped, which is, is at least something, but I mean, is, is, there a most, is there a more over-pushed and under-talented person on main roster WWE TV than Karrion Cross? Yeah, I mean, over-pushed under under delivers every time without so, fail yeah we, that's it i mean the consistency of the man is astound, not astounding you know it's is it's just depressing really despairing we're all just in despair i mean to me carrying cross here was just a a supporting player in the overall storyline which was to promote ray versus dominic so the match was adequate Uninterested. It was pedestrian. You know, it was just it just served a purpose, which was to set up Dom's interference, 
to prevent Rey Mysterio from nailing Cross with a 619. Rey was distracted and then Cross scored the win um, by referee stoppage with his choke. And then Cross departed and Dominic then started yelling at Ray, shoving him, do something, do something. And that was the, the purpose of this, was to promote Ray versus Dominic. And really, by the time they'd done that, I mean, Ray showed so much self-control. He refused to be goaded into attacking his son. I mean, he'd had that famous um, meeting with uh, Triple H back in... Was it October? I think it was. I wrote about this in the latest issue of the magazine. Yes. Yeah, that famous uh, confrontation with, uh, or meeting rather, with Triple H. And he just said, listen, you know, I can't be on Raw. You know, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to quit. And then Triple H said, right, let's move you over to SmackDown so you don't have to be around your son anymore. And uh, here we were again. His son followed him to SmackDown and goaded him into a fight. So we know this is coming. But I mean, they're doing a really good job, I think, of building it up. And that moment, I think, when Ray does strike his son and Dominic will just react with utter shock and his spine will go to jelly as it always does and he'll flee. I mean, that'll be a, a golden, magical moment. And then we'll have that sort of proclamation or declaration from Ray, yes, I will face you at WrestleMania. And then Dom will be like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, no. I pushed him into it. And now he's agreed to it. So I think there was some good comedy there with Dominic when he actually, because he, he, we know he doesn't really want to wrestle his dad. No. And this is all talk and this is all a front. But, you know, we're all aware of that. And I think that moment when they, when Ray finally cracks, you know, and strikes his son and then the match agrees to the match. I think that's going to be special, Kenny. So that's what this is all leading to. And frankly, I don't care about Karrion Cross. <laughs> I'm not bothered at all. I can't imagine if he's still under contract with WWE by June, I'll be stunned because I have no clue, you know, what he can offer this company. I have, it, to me, he's just got, they've tried with him and it has not worked. And um, I think they can have clear consciences when they let him and Scarlett go, to be honest. Now, I'm not here to rile you up, Finn. It's a nice Tuesday. You know, I, don't, I, I want you to feel happy and fulfilled. But I do want to ask you how you feel about Kofi Kingston defeating LA Knight on SmackDown. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean... Because <laughs> it all started so well. LA Knight came out and he said, you can't have a WrestleMania, an LA WrestleMania with an LA Knight. I'm going to give WrestleMania an early night moment. You think, is this the beginning of the rebuild from the <laughs> horror show that was the pitch black match? Um, and then out came uh, the new day. Well, it, it, I, I was amused by it because, I mean, they'd all been forbidden from bringing up the pitch black match of Bray Wyatt. And they started talking about Kofi Mania. And uh, LA Knight said, well, how did that turn out, Kofi? And the you know, the best comeback ever from Kofi would have been, well, a hell of a lot better than your match with Bray Wyatt at Raw Rumble. <laughs> he, was strict, he was banned. They were banned from even mentioning that match. You know, <laughs> I think it's just like, well, yeah, probably best not to mention that match again, right? You know, <laughs> it covered no one in glory, um, particularly LA Knight. So, I mean, it was an okay match with Kofi. I mean, it lasted, I think it was nearly 13 minutes, 12 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, I mean, fans weren't really that into it. 
I think LA Knight can still be rebuilt. I don't think it's over for him. Um, and really, he's going to have to turn babyface. I think he's somebody that the fans will take a... They put, I think they already like him, but I think they need to just put some distance between where he is now um, and where he's going to be. I think it will be too... I don't think they should turn him for a few more months yet. I mean, they've got to eliminate the uh, the awful odour of the pitch black match. That just needs to be allowed to just fade away into the distance, you know, so we don't have to think about that anymore. And the babyface version of LA Knight needs to have his own space to grow far away from what he's just been subjected to. But I think this is really more of a sort of, it's more in a sort of rebuilding phase at the moment. Um, I don't think anything big's going to happen for quite some time. Um, but the fact that he had nearly 13 minutes with Kofi and wasn't just beaten in two minutes gives me hope, Kenny, that, you know, maybe he can be a star again. There we go. The hope the hope and the optimism is still there. That's what we want. Um, and then, obviously, the big story coming out of SmackDown was, of course, the uh, ongoing saga of... Well, before the bloodline, I do need to get your thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse, which made its appearance on SmackDown. And... Um, it was it was a whole lot of nothing, which is just the story of Bray Wyatt. I do you know how sick and tired I'm of every fucking week. We need to get this tripe from him. But it's like if I told you a story, could you keep a secret? You've no, you've we don't even know why Uncle Howdy's here. It's been six months. I mean, the guy just hot air. You know, he could start his own virgin air balloon service. The amount of hot air that comes out yeah. of the planet. Yeah, it is. It's nearly five months now since he came back, and um, he's just... Um, he's just. I don't think he's contributed anything, and he's certainly created a hell of a lot of damage. You know, in this near five month period since he returned. I mean, we had high hopes, uh, and those have been cruelly dashed. You know, our spirits have been killed by this man. And yeah, we had this Firefly Funhouse video. And I mean, the, the most impressive thing about them is the amount of effort that goes into the production. And they always do look amazing. But you're right, there's just there's, there's just nothing to them. I mean, the whole thrust of it was, you know, he brought Bobby Lashley and then Bobby Lashley mentioned Bray Wyatt on Raw and poor Bobby just looks demoralised. I think his spirits have been killed as well by what's to come. And the thrust of it all of the Firefly Funhouse segment was, can you keep a secret? Well, I don't know what the secret is. I don't care what the secret is. I just don't care about any of it. Is the secret going to be the the Snickers match or something at WrestleMania? (laughs) Maybe that's it. I mean, I will say this. I have utter contempt for Bray Wyatt now, yet I still would rather see him and Brock Lesnar than what Brock Lesnar's actually going to do. Because at least Brock Lesnar having to react to this would be quite funny. Yeah. Because Lesnar would just like... There's no way Lesnar would sell this shit. You know, there's just no way. But no. Bobby Lashley... Bobby Lashley's not... You know, he Bobby Lashley takes himself a little bit more seriously than Brock Lesnar yeah, does. He does, yeah. So, it's tough that he's stuck with this absolute albatross of a wrestler. Um, no, he's not a wrestler. He, should, he shouldn't be allowed to be called a wrestler. Because what he doesn't do is wrestle. He just, you're right, we get these vignettes all the time, which are really well produced and tell you absolutely nothing. And it's just a constant kind of, you know, 
all style and no substance. Hate to use that cliche, but that's Bray Wyatt, isn't it? Yep. It's, it, it, he's the equivalent of a 400-page book having three pages of text. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's boring. So anyway, he's still around telling us absolutely nothing. But the Bloodline <laughs> storyline is telling us things, or is giving us things, which is is yeah. a stark change from Bray Wyatt. So the whole the whole night was about how Jimmy Uso was backstage with Solo Sikoa and Paul Heyman, and you know Jimmy's kind of wondering what's happening with Jay. So Heyman says, you know, you should go out to the ring on your own with Jay, call, call him out, speak to him man-to-man, twin-to-twin, Uso-to-Uso, and see if you can handle the situation. Um, so Jimmy... No, I, mean, yeah, I mean, Paul Hammond said if Jimmy couldn't, then Roman Reigns would next week. The threat is real. Because yes. Reigns is back next week. Um, or this coming Friday now. But, um, so... Jimmy's there and he's kind of talking about, you know, I know there's cracks in the bloodline, but we've got a Sami Zayn problem, a Kevin Owens problem. You know, I can't do it on my own. And then Sami Zayn comes out. And I didn't know that I needed this segment. You know, I I, I didn't even think that this segment was going to happen. But it made so much sense for Sami Zayn to call out Jimmy, right? Because Jimmy was actually the one who was fighting for Sami the whole time. That's it. That's absolutely. He was the first to befriend him, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like, you know, we were, you were my dog. I was, you know, we were feeling ussy and all this kind of stuff. And, and, but what was really good about it was, is that when Sammy was kind of saying, you know, you didn't even think twice at the Royal Rumble. You, you know, Jay was hesitant, but you had no hesitation. But then Jimmy had a great response, but he was like, you stepped on me and the family. So I had to do it. You know, you gave me no choice. Um, and, you know, family doesn't betray you. But then Sammy comes back to the great line saying, well, family doesn't make you test your loyalty every week or jump through hoops. So each of them had really good responses, I thought, going back and forth. That if this was a real situation, all the comebacks made sense, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean he was um, I mean Sammy it seemed very heartfelt and Sammy's like, how could you have done this? How could you have attacked me without hesitation? Um and um and then Jimmy said, well you know how could you have done this? You were the one who struck Roman with the chair and it's like, well, you know, I was put under the spotlight. I had to prove myself. You know, I was, wasn't accepted. I was belittled. And um, so, yeah, you could see both sides to the argument. And you can, you know, and, and that's and that's great because you can actually, it means then you've got an emotional connection with both parties. And, in so, and you were sort of almost conflicted. And you're like, well, we know that Sammy's the good guy and Jimmy's the bad guy. But there is some sense of good in Jimmy. We know this because we we saw that last year. So that makes the story, you know, you know, greater sort of density and a greater depth rather to the story. Uh, there's more to it. It's not just this superficial, um, you know, like, well, you attacked me, so I attacked you. You know, there's so much more to this. You know, there's like so much history between them, um, and. Um, yeah, and we still don't know where the, all this is going because, like, Jay came out or Jay walked through the crowd, didn't actually make it to uh, to the ring. He didn't say anything. And uh, then Solo Sokoa came out and Zayn retreated to ringside. And then there was this sort of, you know, stare down at the end. But no one really disclosed or Jay didn't disclose whose side he's on. I think we know whose side he's going to be on, but I mean, there's still a question mark over that one. Um, yeah, so um, I thought it was a great way of just 
um, progressing the story without giving too much away. Because, I mean, as I said earlier in the podcast, we're still quite a few weeks away from WrestleMania. It's not like WrestleMania is this weekend. You know, I can't imagine that they're going to have... I would think that something pretty big is going to happen this Friday when Roman Reigns is there. I would think that Jay will speak. He will say something, but I'm not sure if he'll say everything. And I think we may have to wait until a week after that before we're really going to get um, a sense of whose side is on, whose side he is on, um, and an indication of, you know, Kevin Owens and possibly and Sami Zayn possibly teaming up, but we think they're going to, to face Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. I mean, if you look at where we are now, Kenny, as we record this, we're nowhere near that match, are we? Because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn haven't reconciled properly. But then, you know, the, the back, you know, back in the Attitude Era and stuff, it was, it was. I mean, I'm not saying the Attitude Era is how you should book today, but one of the pros of the Attitude Era was, is that it, very rarely in the Attitude Era did you get given a WrestleMania match in late February and then nothing happened for all of March. You were still given like, you know, little story points and plot points throughout the throughout March. We've got four after this Friday SmackDown, we've still got four Raws and four SmackDowns left before WrestleMania. So we've got eight shows. Yeah. For this week. So it makes sense for them to to do that. And I thought here it was really clever because when Jay came, you know, was standing in the crowd, you know, Sammy made the point of looking up at Jay. And as soon as he did that, Jimmy took advantage. And then you know Sammy hits the Haluva kick and solo comes out and Sammy goes away and Jay still kind of not made his decision. So you were left with uh, the questions still. So that was good. And have you seen, Finn, what is going to be taking place this Saturday night in Toronto? No. It is going, there's a house, WWE house show in Toronto this Saturday that is going to be main evented by a WWE Universal, uh, Undisputed Universal Championship match with Roman Reigns defending against Sami Zayn in a rematch. Oh, wow. So there you go. Big, uh, big match for the Toronto market. So um, good for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Um, uh, kind of hard to believe that Sammy's going to get a win. <laughs> no, but, uh, let's talk about Raw. Let's let's just get it out of the way. I mean, Brock Lesnar and Omas. I mean, some people are speculating, Finn, that if there's any way to know that Vince McMahon has creative input, this match would be it. Um, a lot of reports saying there was a plan for Lesnar. We don't know what that plan was, and it's been changed in the last few weeks. And Om- I mean, you can tell because. Omas has not been built for Brock Lesnar. There's been no no storyline development with him to lead you to think that he's going to be facing Brock because it was never in the plans. Yeah. Oh, we now, should mention also on SmackDown, Kenny, that Drew McIntyre came out during the Imperium versus Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss match. So yeah. the indication was that it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Gunter at WrestleMania. That was the indication on SmackDown. Yeah. Do you Do you... I mean, I I would like to see Sheamus in there as a three way personally, but how about you? Do you think Sheamus should be in it, or should he be left out of it? Yeah, I think I think Sheamus will be in it as well. I mean, I mean, I'm still having this Brock Lesnar almost thing. I, I'm still I still can't quite believe that this is going to happen, but I need to just wake up and smell the coffee because he obviously is. Um, it and just... I mean, you know, we should we should say because Triple H has been praised for some of the things he's done, but this is a big L on the it record. Is. It is, yeah. That's. I mean, you know, this is the guy Paul Levesque who gave us the Mountain Dew pitch black match, which is the worst match I've seen in many years. <laughs> so um, I yeah, mean, that's true. You know, I mean, in any promotion, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, Triple H is not some sort of great booker. He's 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 
got some things about him that are better than Vince, which yeah. is, which has been good. But I mean, this Brock, I mean, Brock Lesnar has not got a lot of WrestleMania matches left. Well, I mean, look, maybe he does because you know he only wrestles once in a blue moon, so he could probably wrestle to sixty. But <laughs> it just nobody's excited about this, you know. And now no. you now you get people, you know. With conspiracy theory hats saying Vince Vince got to book one match and he wanted to book the Brock match or whatever. And the thing is, it doesn't even sound it, it doesn't even sound that tinfoil hatty to say it because this does sound like a Vince match that he yeah. would put together. So I can't even defend it. I mean it's I mean, I actually got a message from Robert Duffin this morning who I started inside the ropes with. He doesn't watch WWE TV like in real time, right? He'll catch up with things. He's a school teacher, so he We'll catch up on things at the weekend. And he sent me the match graphic this morning and said, This is a joke, right? You know, this this isn't serious. And I had to break the news to him, Finn. I felt like I was, you know, breaking some news that his pet wasn't going to make it or something. That was the, the the level of reaction because nobody wants to see the the crowd, because it's the MVP ledge we should mention, where Lesnar is on on there and, and that's how it gets made. But when Lesnar accepts the challenge to face Omas, the fans don't react well. No. Because they don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. They're, they're like thinking, is this oh. for real? Is, you know, is this really going to happen? Or is this like some like distraction? Is this some dead cat, you know, you say in politics, <laughs> yeah. cat to distract you from what's really happening? And you just think, well, what's going on here? Like, you know, look... Look a squirrel. That's the other line they use in politics, isn't it? Look a squirrel and to, to distract people from what's really happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to believe this is happening, but I mean, I think I've just got to be realistic. You know, it looks like it is, unfortunately. I mean, the only thing I can think is, is it's going to be some like King Kong Bundy type thing where he just crushes him really fast you know there's a blast from the past <laughs> yeah. I, I know King Kong Bundy scored a very quick win at the first Wrestlemania I can't remember exactly how long the match lasted but it was really quick I was think that not a special delivery Jones was that not who he beat in that one I think he was yeah he beat really quickly I think yeah. so I mean it's like if that's the plan then I mean my other theory is that Gunter versus Brock Lesnar is a big match, right? And they sort of, you know, they tested it or they did a sort of mini trial run at the Rumble and there was a lot of support for it, of course, because Gunter's been talking about it for years. It's been, it's like this you know, dream match. So he wants to do it. But I, I kind of think that maybe WWE has concluded, and they are right about this, that there's enough on the WrestleMania card as it is that they don't have to give us Lesnar versus Gunter there. They can give us that at SummerSlam. And I think that could be the motivational of the, the thinking behind this. Now, we don't need to give people that match here as well, because there's enough on the show, you know, to keep people satisfied. So but that still doesn't explain Lesnar versus Omas. Well, you just... Can I give you a list, Finn, of people who I honestly think would be a better match for Brock Lesnar than Omas? And, and these are also people who I never in any circumstance would want Brock Lesnar to face at WrestleMania. But here are the list of people who I think it would be better. Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, The Miz, Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley, uh, Gunther obviously is in there, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Um, I mean, that's me at like seven names already. Uh, 
Chad Gable. I mean, there's a bunch of people who mean nothing who you could put in there, and it would be at least entertaining. You know, the Miz could cut really good promos on the way to be killed. Um, yeah. You know, some but like Omas is just this big dud, and um, and you so, I I I sort of had posted my frustration about this this morning on Twitter. And uh, Laura, had, I got, Laura had responded to me and said, you know, it's just going to be two big meaty men slapping meat. And I said, Omas can barely walk. Never mind slap meat. He can't do anything. <laughs> so I what mean, you're saying is you'd rather see Mansoir in yeah, there. Get the maximum male models involved. You, you literally cannot get a worse opponent than Omas because it offers nothing. And then it also takes away... So say... Say Brock Lesnar does a couple of impressive German suplexes or F5s. That's only going to get over one time, whereas half of his move set is going to be taken out or restricted. And it, so it really just has to... I mean, who wants to set at WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the immortals, the one night when your name gets etched in history, blah, 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 and see Omas doing a bear hug to Brock Lesnar? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Because that's what it'll be. No, do it. no. Well, I mean, look on the bright side. If the match does happen, it won't last very long and it'll be over and then we'll be able to move on to the next match. I mean, you know, Triple, Triple H 100% should get pelters for this one. Oh, yes. Because this is an abomination of a WrestleMania match for Brock. Um, dire is the word. But um, let's I mean, It is. It just is. And, I mean, they've made such a production out of announcing it that I think, I just think it is going to happen. I mean, I just couldn't. It was inconceivable to me last week that this match would happen at WrestleMania. And I want to believe that it's not going to happen, but I, I, I rather think it is. <laughs> and do you know who's to blame for all of this? You! I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Could he not just have come out of retirement and go F5'd in German suplex? What? Your neck would have been fine, Steve. You'd have been okay. Yeah. yeah. Very to be selfish and think of his health. Anyway, elsewhere on Raw, um, what else do we have on the show? We had um, 
Cody Rhodes and Chad Gable had an okay match. Pretty decent in the second half. And Cody yeah. at the end tells us he's going to be uh, coming to SmackDown to see Roman Reigns this week. So, uh, you know, just place placeholder stuff. Yeah, Kevin Owens came out to save the Street Profits from a post-match attack by Jimmy uh, Jimmy Uzo and Solo Sokoa. So we had like a little appearance from Owens there. He didn't really say Actually, he was, yeah, he was taught. He did actually do a mini interview, small promo backstage, but he yeah. didn't do a whole lot on this show. And again, it's just all this gradual progression of this story that we've already talked about. Um, also, we had The Miz on Raw saying that he is going to be the guest host of WrestleMania. And, um, you know, there's part of me that could see, because then Seth Rollins comes out, and it turns into kind of the Rollins and Logan Paul stuff, but there's part of me that could see a scenario where The Miz gets interrupted by The Rock at WrestleMania in like an unannounced appearance. I could see that yeah. being something because, you know, Rock guest hosted all those years ago. He was involved in that main event that Miz was involved in that we don't speak of. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's things there you could do and I'm sure Rock could turn up and do a rock bottom to The Miz. You know, it's not going to... Yeah, or, or even Steve Austin appearance. Yeah, you know, I think you, you've, you've set it up that you can have someone come out and beat up the Miz, and he's the perfect guy to take that and to make it, you know, make it mean something. So I think that this is a good role for Miz at WrestleMania. And uh, hey, you know. also, Kenny, it could be the perfect uh, moment for Vince McMahon to return. Oh God, can you please don't don't put that into the ether, Finn? Oh, did, did you see that he was uh, on the on the the match graphic for Cody and Roman? You know, it's like movie posters that. Yeah. Uh, that if you zoomed in and you paused it and zoomed in, the Roman Reigns movie poster down at the bottom said directed by Vince McMahon. So there you go. He's he's in, he's infiltrating posters now and graphics. Um, but uh, the Miz, the Miz though was the kind of catalyst here for for Logan Paul and Seth Rollins promo here. Logan Paul ends up on the phone, um, and it's going to lead us to Logan Paul and. Uh, Rollins face to face next week. What did you make of this uh, this segment with Miz and uh, Rollins? Yeah, I, th- I thought I thought it was okay. I mean, stuff like this always amuses me because then suddenly, like you know, the phone's wired up to the to the PA system, isn't it? So we on TV and we hear hear everything that's coming out of the phone, and the camera works just there. It's all, and you think about it, you think, well, how long does it take to set this up? And it actually takes quite a while, I think, to make it look as smooth and as seamless as WWE made it appear here. And just having the camera in just in the right place when Rollins rang Logan Paul from the Miz's phone um, and did the uh, challenge, right, you know, brought up his brother's loss as well um, to Tommy Fury, wasn't it? And a split decision, I believe it was. Um, I'm not, you know, not that I watched it, but I'm aware of it. Um, so he brought that up to, you know, mock Logan Paul, his brother Jake had lost. And, you know, why don't you uh, appear on Raw next week and, um, you know, let's let's have a confrontation. And Logan Paul agreed to that. So uh, it's actually going to be a huge, pretty big Raw next week. John Cena is going to be there as well uh, mm-hmm. for his confrontation with Austin Theory. I'm sure the announcement will be made. Well, if the announcement isn't made next Monday, certainly... I think we'll be in a position where where the only indications will be that Austin Theory will wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania. We know that match is going to take place. So whether they announce it next Monday or not, I don't know. Same with uh, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. 
maybe they'll announce it next Monday. If not, it's going to be obvious that that match is coming, isn't it? So it does feel like next week's Raw is going to be, you know, a big show just because of those two special appearances from Cena and Logan Paul. Um, So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, And The Miz was just, you know, he was sparked out by... By Rollins, Miz isn't a serious performer anymore. I think he's accepted that. I mean, if you watch him now, he's he takes it really easy in his matches. I know it's. I think he had a match last week, and I noticed it in that, and it just felt like it, it was almost like remember that the famous confrontation between um, then Daniel Bryan and the Miz, where Bryan said, "You wrestle." like someone who doesn't want to get hit. Remember that famous confrontation? Mm -hmm. It was just like, yeah, Brian was right. That's exactly what, that's exactly how you wrestle, you know? And in some ways, you know, at this point in his career, who can blame him? You know, Miz isn't ever going to be a big star again. Why not take it easy? Why risk injury? You know what I mean? Think about your post wrestling life. So that's what I think is going through his mind at the moment. That's his, your main motivation when he gets in the ring. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I thought it was it was fairly well done. Yeah, didn't suck up too much time on the show. And, um, you know, compared to some of the things on this programme, yeah, it was, was actually pretty good. Summer <laughs> uh, Raw was a struggle bus this week. Um, poor Lashley, after beating Elias, had to then deal with Bray Wyatt and the Muscle Man dance and Huskus the Pig. And uh, Lashley just... I, th- I thought he was going to burst into tears, Finn. I thought he was just going to weep for what What have I done? Yeah. What, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. Can we not just, can Brock and I just not have another match? I'll put Brock over. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll put Brock over anything but this. Um. Yeah. Good God. Um. I mean, it almost it, feels like maybe they're going to do another Firefly Funhouse match or something like that at WrestleMania. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but the problem the problem with that is, you know, one of the reasons that the Cena Firefly Funhouse match was so good was because there were so many things you could do with the Cena character to, you know, like, I mean, I always said that if you wanted to do a Firefly Funhouse match with a Triple H or an Undertaker or somebody who there's so many variations of their character over the years, there's like a large well to go with. But with Lashley, I mean, there's not really much you can do. So... Yeah. Pretty thin, really... pretty thin, isn't it? The material that's available. I mean, yeah, his Man Dance was a obviously, you know, a rerun. We've seen, we saw that before. Was it back in twenty twenty? I think it was, wasn't it? Yes, twenty twenty was when we saw it. So, um, but yeah, poor Lashley. Our thoughts and prayers are with him at this difficult time <laughs> where he has to <laughs> pretend to care. Uh, another big L on the the box of Mister Levesque for this year's yeah, WrestleMania. I agree. Um. The main event of the show was for the women's tag team titles, Dakota Kai and Io Sky against Becky Lynch and Lita. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the crowd at this show were pretty bad. I mean, they weren't given tons to work with, but, you know, they weren't a great crowd. Um, Sandra's old old home of Grand Rapids, Michigan. But um, we got a big return during the match when Bailey was getting involved and pulling Lita off the apron to stop Becky making the tag and this brought out Trish Stratus. She came out to attack Bailey at ringside. And in the end, uh, Lita and Trish, Lita and Trish, Lita and Becky got the win. Um, Lynch put uh, Dakota Kai in the disarmor. And then Lita hit the top rope moonsault on Elo Sky. One, two, three. Becky and Lita are your new women's tag team champions. They celebrate with Trish. 
Uh, what did you make of the match, the return of Trish, and where we go from here? Yeah, the match wasn't very good. I mean, the audience um, just did not really... I mean, by the end, they were into it because Trish had made the comeback, and then we got the title change, and that's always a cheap and easy pop. But, I mean, Lita looked like she was moving in slow motion. I mean, she looked terrible uh, for most of this match. Her opponents had to do all the running around and just basically run into all of her clotheslines and other moves. Um, I mean, Bailey was at ringside frantically, you know, trying to create some interest there and, you know, making as much noise as she could to compensate for, you know, lack of noise from the audience. I mean, I thought Becky... I thought she put in, she really tried to make this match matter. And I think by the end it did with all the extras I mentioned, you know, the return of Trish and she attacked Bailey. So looks like we're going to get Trish Stratus versus Bailey at WrestleMania. Um, and I imagine probably Lita and Lynch versus Io Sky and Dakota Kai and probably Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, I would think. Yes. For me, like they've been. You know, they're the big tag team, the winning, the winningest tag team, female tag team on SmackDown. So it feels like they will be involved in this match as well. Um, you know, I, I mean, hopefully it just won't last very long, Kenny, at WrestleMania, because if Lita or Ronda are in the ring together, I oh, mean, I, I mean, that could be like the you know wrestling match equivalent of Armageddon or Mountain. <laughs> Black, you know, that's like the wrestling match equivalent of Armageddon, isn't it? I mean, the thing was, because last year when Lita did the match with Becky Lynch at Crown Jewel, she was okay. I mean, she wasn't, you know, setting your world on fire, but she wasn't bad. Um, So I don't know why she's not been able to pick it up this year. I don't know why she's just not able to get it going. Uh, Yeah, it just looked weak. Just a weak performance and just looked like she... You know, it just didn't. She didn't strike me as somebody who's. I can imagine if I if I was a young wrestler there, and maybe you think, well, you know what? It's just a little nostalgia run. It'll end at WrestleMania. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to resent her for it. But at the same time, she's taking a spot that someone else could have, and that's a WrestleMania moment, which is a huge thing for everyone in WWE. It's a you know, it's a lot of money. It's you know, lead to other things. You know, you could then do the split with Lynch and feud with her and post WrestleMania or whatever. So I don't know. It was, I mean, yeah, it just felt like a, it was a nostalgia powered, you know, and um, I was, yeah, not blown away, Kenny. I do think that Trish and Bailey will probably deliver something good because, you know, Bailey said this is one of her dream matches. Mm. Trish, when she came back and did the match with Charlotte at SummerSlam 2019, put in a pretty respectable performance. And I think Bailey's going to do everything in her power to give Trish a good match. So I have higher hopes for that one. Uh, and also, I mean, I guess Becky Lynch is just kind of happy at the idea of being a tag team with Lita for a while, for, for a month. I mean, maybe that's just kind of, she's happy with that. But uh, yeah. it does feel a bit... Um, Feels a bit beneath her, a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it's it just it's just to get her on the show, isn't it? Clearly. Well, I mean, the thing is, let's let's not forget that if Ronda was a hotter act, I think we would be getting Ronda versus Becky. I agree, but obviously Ronda is not been so. So we are where we are. (laughs) Um, Not a great raw this week. Um, No, it wasn't a great great raw this week. But I mean. 
Hi, John Cena's returning next week, Kenny. Oh, there he is. The big JC's coming back. Can't wait to see the hair. See how it's going to be looking. Good God. (laughs) Actually, I am looking forward to the Theory versus Cena square off and the promo battle. And I'll be interested to see how Cena goes about it. And if he lets the youngster uh, shine and um, and maybe even takes a bump for him. Maybe at the end of it, Theory, you know, nails him with A-Town down or just clobbers him or whatever. Um, so I am curious to see how that plays out. I think that's probably what will happen is that Cena will humiliate Theory on the mic and then Theory will just, you know, lamp him from behind and leave him laying and then... We'll get that Cena thing where he's on the floor and he does that, you know, Oscar-winning acty where he just shakes his head and, <laughs> and what, you know, what just happened? You know, I just can't believe it. You know, this has only happened to me, you know, seven hundred times before in my career, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still astounded by this development. <laughs> well, look, Finn, as long as as long as you can get, you know, acclimatize the idea that John Cena is probably going to become the United States Champion at WrestleMania, then I think we'll be fine. But I know you're still holding out hope that's not going to happen, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the the Lesnar business, I was wrong about that. There was, you know, no Mustafa Ali, you know, you know, developments this week to give me hope that finally that's going to pay dividends. You know, my my investment in Mustafa, I mean, it just feels like they're letting me down there as well. And you're starting to sound like Sandra at this point, you know. <laughs> You know, she had Matt Hardy and Billy Kidman were best part of the show, and now you're pining for Mustafa Ali. <laughs> this is where we've got to. Not not a good week, um, but hopefully next week there will be uh, hopefully some stuff pops next week more that will yeah. get, us, get us excited. Hopefully, when Ronda and Shane get involved in this tag team thing, it will make it feel bigger. Uh, but we will see. Um, that is all the time we've got for today, though. We'll be back on Thursday with Power Slam and uh, the weekend with the overrun. So, yeah, we hope that you um, have a great week, whatever you got up to this week. And uh, we appreciate all your support. Uh, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com is where you can subscribe to the mag. Um, and we look forward to what Finn has in store for you in issue 31. Yes, yeah, and issue 30 is on sale now, in case you didn't know. I'm sure you already knew, knew that, already. It's, out there. Yeah, it's already out there. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll have some information for uh, for people uh, on Thursday about something that may or may not be happening today. But uh, uh, we'll see about that on Thursday. We've, we've and, learned uh, to not say anything. Yeah, I'd like to tell people these things that are happening, but those are the rules. You can't talk about it until after it's happened. Exactly. Just in case. I do just want to last thing give a very quick shout out to Adam Leeson, who is very uh, kind to tweet out a photo of issue thirty of the mag uh, yesterday, and he said uh, another superb inside the ropes magazine. Cody's road to mania, tribute to Jay Briscoe, Vince's return, and all the news from another wild month of pro wrestling. So nice to see when somebody is enjoying the mag. So we hope that you are all enjoying it too. Yes. Um, but, but yes, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.